I, I just want to share some things that have been on my heart, um, you know, and I don't know if it's a real message, what it is, but it doesn't matter. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to give you what, what I got and what I feel the Lord um, sharing with, you know, with me. And, you know, it's just, just try, I'm just thinking about the leading of God, God leading us and guiding us. And um, if you have your Bibles, turn your Bibles. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. But Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, I'm going to stop right there. You know, we need to put our 100% trust in God. And how hard is that? Now, you realize we should trust the Lord with all our heart all the time. Because sometimes people read scriptures like this, and they trust in the Lord when they're going through a bad situation. That's when they put their trust in God. Now, we should every day put our trust in God. And if we can't trust God, who can we trust? And in fact, you know, if you need to remind of this scripture, pull out your money and look on there. It says, in God, we trust. Now, I think that's pretty interesting because your money doesn't say to trust in the government. Now, it's issued by the government, but it says to trust in the Lord. Now, it says to trust the Lord with all your heart. That means you need to give him everything. Now, if your trust is in God, that means your trust is not in your own self. Now, many people think they're putting their trust in the Lord, but they're really putting their trust in their pastor and some, some evangelist. I mean, you know, I don't know how many times people, um, it would just seem that they put more trust in Brother Hagen when he was alive th- than they, they do God. Now, now, understand, we don't see God. So sometimes, well, how do we put our trust in God when we don't see him? Well, we have to know that, that he's there for us. Um, a number of years ago, I actually, I was, I was teaching in prayer school and healing school at the time. And the Lord gave, us, gave me this TRG. And TRG, it stands for total reliance on God. Total reliance on God. You know, in so many times, you know, we all live in the real world. You understand? We all, we all, you know, we live in the real world. We have real world problems. And so sometimes when we have a real world problem, we have to understand my trust is in God. It's not in the economy. It's not in the doctors and not in the lawyers. It's, it's, it's not in the bankers. My trust is 100% in God because I'm here to tell you that you're going to have times in life that you're going to wonder, how am I going to make it? How am I going to make it? Now, the thing about it is you should never wonder how you're going to make it because you should always know how you're going to make it. Because if your trust is in God every day, you know, hey, you know, it doesn't matter what, you know, you know, this is a statement. All right. People say, you know, come hell or high water. We're getting through this. I mean, think about this. I mean, you know, sometimes um, whenever I, well, I should say this, whenever the devil tries to tell me that I'm not going to make it. Then I go back to my Bible stories. And I think that's, that's where a lot of the younger generation, they don't know some of the Bible stories. Do, do you realize the children of Israel, when they got to the Red Sea, do you realize them? Um, some of you might not know this is something that I am a certified scuba diver. All right. You know, because I live in Oklahoma, which, you know, has tons of oceans, tons of you know, places to go scuba diving. You know, obviously I would be a certified scuba diver. I haven't scuba dove in a, quite a while. My mom 
does not like me to go diving. Um, she's, she's just, you know, her whole question is, what if I run out of air? Um, <laughs> I know what to do when I run out of air, okay? So that's, um, you know, you, you quit breathing, I guess. Um, but anyway, I'm not going to be that dumb to run out of air because you have a gauge and you check your gauge the whole time. You know, and that's the thing about it is checking your gauge. Um, sometimes you need to check your gauge in life. Are you really relying on God? Are you really, le- are you letting the things of the world, you know, get you down? Because, you know, sometimes we need to go to the, to the, the, the filling station and fill up with the things of God. You know, but it is interesting. We, some people come and they, they come to a service and people are shouting, dancing, running, you know, and you think they're getting filled up, but then they go home the next day and all of a sudden real world life problems hit them and they, they, didn't, they didn't get it. Well, what you need to get is that your God loves you, your God cares about you. And, and think about, I mean, you know, maybe you have a Red Sea moment. Do, do you realize what, you know, you're facing something that looks impossible. And you know, <laughs> They walked on dry ground. You know, now, I have heard some people saying, because well, back to the scuba diving thing, um, but whenever I became certified, I actually got this free monthly, ma- well, it wasn't a free monthly magazine because I went through all the scuba diving things. And so basically, you know, paying for all this stuff. And I got this, for one year, I got this prescription, a subscription to a, a scuba diving magazine. Um, then I could have renewed, but I didn't renew because, you know, I didn't really care. But one of the first issues I got was talking about scuba diving in the Red Sea and some of the fishes that you might see in the Red Sea and all these kind of things. And of course, it made me wonder, you know, what they do? The fish like, you know, they, st- they stand still too, whatever. I don't know. But, but the Red Sea is a very deep sea. All right. Very deep. And so when you think about that, you're thinking about, you know, Moses crossing the Red Sea and you think about now some people say, well, the area they cross was pretty shallow. And you know, and if you want to say that, I, I, I like to say, okay, it doesn't matter. It's still a miracle. What do you mean it's a miracle? I mean, you know, the water wasn't that big a deal or whatever. It wasn't like we see in the movies. Now I believe it was like we see in the movies. I believe the, the thing parted or whatever, but if we want to go along with these so-called theologians, if the Red Sea was only a few feet deep at where they crossed, which is probably not the case because the Red Sea is a very deep sea, um, that means that all of Pharaoh's army drowned in three feet of water. I mean, all the horses and the, you know, well, we used to sing a song back in the day, you know, back in the 80s, the horse and rider thrown into the sea, um, you know. But, I mean, so all of them died in three feet of water. I mean, that's like people dying in your bathtub or something like that. Well, maybe your bathtub, not three feet, but, you know, the hot tub you know, in your house. Um, well, probably your hot tub's probably not in your house, probably outside if you have a hot tub. But I mean, you know, I, I believe that, 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 you know, the Red Sea was parted. And if, if God can part the Red Sea, that's what I'm putting my trust in. And then I go to the, the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They walked in the fiery furnace and then they walked out. Actually, they were thrown into the fire furnace and they walked out technically. They were all bound up. And the only thing that burnt was the ropes. Their hairs wasn't even singed. And that's a miracle. I got my hair singed one time lighting a fireplace. Yes, it was. Um, this is called stupidity. That's why I wrote the book, Don't Be Stupid, after this happened. So, um, 
I was at my Aunt Pat's house um, and she happened to have a fireplace in her bedroom and she had a fireplace, um, you know, in, in the, um, the living room. Well, so she asked if we could light the fireplace in the, the bedroom, we, me, me, me and my cousin, but my cousin didn't really want to do it. So I like, I'll go light the fireplace in the bedroom because it was a cold day and she wanted, the, you know, because she was going to, going to be in there. She says, can you go light the fireplace? So I went to go light the fireplace in the bedroom and I turned the gas on, you know, it was one of those gas fireplaces and turned the gas on and kept clicking one of those, one of those long mat, I mean, long electric um, lighter things, you know, about this long. And um, so I'm clicking and clicking and clicking and the thing won't light. So I'm like, oh, I'll go to the other room and grab the one in there. But I forgot that I probably should turn the gas off. So, um, so, you know, it didn't take that long, but you know, I went to the other room, I grabbed the, the lighter and I go back to the, um, to, to the bedroom. And then, you know, I wasn't even close to the logs. I'm just clicking the thing, making sure it lights. And when I did, it was like, kawoom. You know, so, I mean, it was like, fire all over the place. Um, and so, you know, immediately, you know, you think about the stop, drop and roll thing, you know. So, you know, I'm not that far from the bed. And so I just went, I dove on the bed, was rolling around <laughs> um, on the bed. Um, I, I didn't get burnt, but I singed my, I singed like all my hair. All right. I mean, it was like, it was all really weird. I mean, I singed my eyebrow. I singed my nose hairs. Now the problem with singeing your nose hairs is that you smell like burnt stuff like for a week. The great thing about it is your nose hairs don't stick out anymore. If, you, know, if, you don't have to worry about trimming them or anything like that. You know, so of course I was only like 12 and I probably wouldn't worry about that anyway. Um, so um, I learned the lesson that day. You know, I, I always make sure the lighter works before I turn the, 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 the gas on. So, um, yeah, that was crazy. But, the, you know, whenever that happened, you know, the first thing I thought about was a fiery furnace. That was the first thing I thought about. I'm, I'm like, because the Bible says they didn't even, nothing, they didn't have their hair sins or anything. I'm like, man, I wasn't even in the fire and I still got my hair singed. I got my nose hair singed. It was, it was really terrible. And then everyone's just laughing at me. First of all, you know, I look, my hair looked crazy. Um, you know, and um, it was scary for a 12-year-old. But I got the fireplace lit, all right? That was, I did the job. And I didn't burn the house down. So that was, you know, that was really, really good. I mean, you know, I, I was a good you know, nephew. Um, and so <laughs> kind of an interesting story. But the first thing I think about, you know, I mean, God can deliver us from a fiery furnace. So, I mean, how, how easy is our issues compared to those issues? I mean, how, how tough is it? Now, I want to say this, you know, in the fiery furnace, you realize if they would have never gotten the furnace, we wouldn't have ever seen a miracle. People don't want to get into the, in, into the furnace, but, you know, you know, people are like, well, God, I'll trust you, but I don't want to go in there. 
Well, I'm sure they didn't want to go in there, but you know what? They were willing to do whatever it took. In fact, they even told the king, they said, king, you know, even if the Lord doesn't save us, we're still not going to bow. You know, and, and the Lord did save them, um, you know, but, and then, you know, we, when you think, put things in perspective, how tough are our, of our, is our issues? Our, our issues are really next to nothing. Then the other, other story is Daniel in the lion's den. You know, and people say, well, it was only one night. Yes, yeah, one night with the lions. I mean, you, you go to Tulsa Zoo and say, hey, can I just spend the night in the lion's cage? I just want to do that just to see, see what happens. You know, I mean, it's like, it's bad enough with your dogs, much less the lions. Um, you know, so, um, you know, I mean, if God can deliver them, he can deliver me from any kind of situation that I might ever face. But you know what? They all put their trust in God. You know, sometimes when, when you're at a situation where you, you, and that's the only thing you can do, it, it's easier. But, but you know what? The Bible says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, what does that mean? That means that you don't even think that something is, is, is going to happen that, you, that, that God doesn't want to happen. Because you know what? God's got it for you. He knows the end from the beginning. You know, I, well, I'm going to talk about COVID because I just want to. No. Um, we, during COVID, um, I talked to an individual who was older, and they had about four comorbidities. You know, they were older, had heart issues, had all kinds of issues, and they got COVID. And... Um, I found out and I called him on the phone to talk to him. How are you doing? And I could tell just by a phone call. All right. I'm actually was in, was up in um, Michigan. Um, he was here in Tulsa and I called him. I could tell that in his own mind, he thought he was going to die. He thought I me mean, in his own mind, you know, but because he had heard all the stories and all the stuff and all these things. So, so, I mean, in his own mind, he's almost like just hoping he's not going to, he's, he's, he's not going to die. And so I listened to him, you know, here's what I said. I said, listen to me, you are going to live and you're not going to die. That's what I told him. Now, was that God speaking? No, that was me speaking. That was, I'm, I'm speaking what the Bible says. So you know what? It was interesting because when I told him, when I was that serious about it and said, you're going to live and you're not going to, he put his trust in what I said. But I'm just a mere man. I mean, you know, but, you know, God, God is God. You know, we should put our same trust in God. Now, in, in essence, th- this individual, um, I mean, they're ready to go back to work in five days. They were ready. To, they still had to quarantine for however many days. But I mean, you know what? It was, they had a miraculous recovery, but it all started in their own minds. That's what you have to understand. Anytime you face a situation, you need to know you are going to make it. There is no question whether you're going to make it or not. If you're questioning whether you're going to make it or not, you're not putting your trust in God. Put your trust in God and in him alone. Now, I, you know, I always say from a sports analogy, give it 110%. You know, but, but there are going to be things, you know, when your trust is in God, that doesn't mean the devil's going to leave you alone. 
And that's what you need to understand. The devil, the Bible says, the devil's like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Anybody read that scripture? Now you, there's a key word in that scripture. That wasn't one of my scriptures I told him, but key word in the scripture, it says may. Did anyone ever play the game, mother may I? When you were a kid, you know, some of you more mature people, because if, if you're in your 20s, you probably don't know what mother may I is or, you know, but anyway, anyway, well, the thing is, the devil is seeking who he may devour. Now, the, the word may means he really has no right to devour you. If you're a doer of God's word, if you stand upon the word, if you know who you are in Christ Jesus, if you know your rights, in, you know, in him, he can't devour you. But he's looking for people who don't know who they are in Christ. He's looking for people that, that don't understand that we can put our trust 100% in God. And that's what he is, the devil is trying to throw you off your game. He's trying to get you mentally to start thinking that you're not going to make it. Now, faith, according to yourdictionary.com, is an unquestioning belief without any proof or evidence. Unquestioning belief. All right. So if you are, you know, if you are not questioning, you have no question whether you're going to make it or not. You need to establish that fact that you're going to make it no matter what you ever face in life. It doesn't matter if you face a fiery furnace, a Red Sea, a, a bunch of lions, or anything else. You are going to make it as long as you put your trust in God. No, it goes on to say, do not depend on your own understanding. All right. Or my grandfather actually talks about a story. He says, don't touch it again in thought life. Don't touch it again in thought life. Don't even think about it. Don't let your mind go there. All right, if your faith is in God, then your mind's not gonna say, what happens if it doesn't work? What happens if it doesn't work? Now see, some people in their own mind, they're, they think they're putting their faith in God, but they have an alternate plan that they've came up with in case it doesn't, God's plan doesn't work. Now they're not gonna say that, they're just thinking that. With faith, there is no plan B. If you already have plan A, why would you need plan B or plan C? If there's a plan B, that's your plan and not God's plan. Faith has no plan B. You understand, complete, I mean, if you have something, then you're not, you're not gonna get it, you already have it. So if you have something, you have it by faith, then you don't need a plan B. All right, but a lot of people have plan Bs because a lot of people aren't truly putting their faith 100% in God. They're not putting their trust in God and his power. It goes on to say, this is New Living Translation, by the way. It says, seek his will in all you do. You know, a lot of times we make plans without even asking God about it. Now, I don't, it doesn't mean that, you know, you need to ask God what you're gonna wear every day you know, or where you're going to go eat. Now, I do that sometimes. Not, 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 not really. You know, some people are like, well, where should we go eat? I said, I don't know. I'm going to pray about it. 
And like, really? I'm like, no, I'm not praying about it. You know, just, you know. But, but, you know, anything important, we should seek God's will. And then, you know, when you seek God's will, you got to make sure it's God's will and not your will. And that's what I want to tell because a lot of people, I, I mean, I had someone today tell me that God told them something and I kind of doubted God told them something. But I'm, I'm not here to question because, you know, if they tell me God tells them, you know, and please, if you're here to tell me that God told you to do something, then don't ask me what I think about it. Because that happens to me all the time. Well, God told me to do this. What do you think about that, Craig? And I'm like, really? Why, why, why do you want my opinion? Because really, if you want my opinion, I'll probably tell you, I don't think that was God. But, you know, you know may, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I, I don't know. But if you, if God tells you to do something, then do it. All right? But if you're asking my opinion, then you probably don't know whether God really told you to do it or not. Now, you know, my grandfather always said this. He goes, I go as much about what God doesn't say as what he does say. You know, the Holy Spirit, a lot of times, he was talking about in life, I mean, a lot of times that, that he's, you know, he has an opportunity and he starts moving toward that opportunity. If he doesn't get a stop on the inside, then he must be, you know, as long as he has peace about it, then he, that must be what God wants me to do. Now, um, I know one time he talks about this. He was, um, he, he felt that, that he needed to go back to, or he go to a church that had, that was not as good as the church he was at. He, he just felt in the heart, he, he needed to take that church. And, you know, my grandmother also felt they should take, take the church because, you know, but I really didn't want to, but I felt I should. He goes, you know, it's, it has to be God. If you, if you feel you should do something, but in, in the natural, you're thinking, why would I want to live in a worse parsonage? Why, why would I want to take less money? It's not about your money. It's not about your, you know, it's about following God's plan for your life. It goes on to say, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. You know what? He's going to lead us and guide us. He's going to show us. But, you know, we have to give him an opportunity to show us. If you're so busy directing your own path, he's not going to be showing you what to do. What, what most Christians want to do is direct their own path and say, God, just bless my direction. Bless my direction. I mean, that's, that's where a lot of Christians are because they want to. I'm going to tell you, if I was to choose my own path, I wouldn't be standing here today. I would be some doing some kind of business something. You know, I'd be a multi-millionaire CEO of something stupid. You know, I would invent something stupid. You know, probably would have called it stupid. You know, because I, I remember, I don't know, I was probably like a teenager. And I heard for us mature people, do you remember there, there was this little toy, I guess they call it a toy, little novelty, I guess. It was like a, a sticky octopus. And you threw it against the wall and it kind of like walked down the wall. You know, that guy made like $2 million on that octopus. $2 million on something on a stupid. I'm like, man, I can think of something stupid like that. <laughs> I mean, surely if this guy could come up with an octopus. And you know, do you know that parents did not like the sticky octopus because it left sticky stuff on the wall? 
Or your parents don't like, my, my mom did not like slime. I don't know why she didn't like slime. I really liked slime when I was a kid. She would never buy me slime. But thank God that I had my own money. And I only lived like three blocks from Albertsons. Or actually Skaggs first, and it's Skaggs Albertsons. And they had a toy department that had slime. And I would buy my own slime and come home with the slime. And I'd get in trouble because i get it in the carpet. But I'm sure someone made millions of dollars on slime. So, you know, my own path, I mean, you know, my own life, I, I was, because, you understand, I grew up as a preacher's kid. I saw all the bad things about ministry. I'm like, man, I don't want to do that. So my, my goal in life, actually, at 12 years of age, well, see, before I was 12, I was going to be a policeman or a fireman, because those are two things that you need to be. Um, and so, um, um you know, because everyone said, well, Craig, are you going to be a preacher? No, I'm going to be a policeman or a fireman. That's what I'm going to be. Then I, then I hit 12 and I changed my occupation. So I chose the occupation of millionaire. I would tell everybody, well, what are you going to be? I'm going to be a millionaire. Well, what are you going to do? It doesn't matter. I'm just going to be a millionaire. I'm talking about putting goals out there. I mean, I, I, that was my goal. Let's be a millionaire. And people would ask me, well, how, how do you do that? Don't know. You just wait. <laughs> so, so um, I mean, I, I had everyone convinced. In fact, um, um, there was a lady that uh, I called, we called her our, our housekeeper. She was a housekeeper slash babysitter. She, she, would, she would clean our house in the morning time. And then when me and my sister got out of school, she would babysit us, basically take care of us, you know, or, or whatever. So, um, so she found a bottle of millionaire cologne. It really stunk really bad, but it was a really cool bottle. I put that bottle on my, on, you know, on, right there on my counter, my bathroom counter, and every day looked at the bottle thinking, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a millionaire. That, that was my, my goal. My, my life was, that was, I'm, I'm going to business. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to do this ministry thing. It wasn't until I was 17 that God supernaturally called me to the ministry. Um, just, I mean, it was a fantastic time right across the street at the FAC building. Um, that's where we, the youth met at the time. We were um, having a youth prayer meeting and I uh, was just caught up in the spirit. And in fact, um, the, I didn't have a vision, but I, you know, the Lord spoke to me and said that God called me to fall in the footsteps of my, my grandfathers and father and said the devil had tried to kill me twice, um, but I've spared your life and goes on. I wasn't able to speak English for like two hours afterwards. I, I drove home, couldn't, I couldn't speak English. My sister was in the car with me. I couldn't even talk to her. And when I tried talking to her, I mean, a supernatural thing. I know that God called me to the ministry. So I put my millionaire job on the shelf. Um, wasn't a real job anyway. You know, and, and, you know, in essence, you know, it's not really about money. It's about people anyway. Um, goes on now. I didn't tell him this, but goes on. I was actually, I'm going to, Verse seven says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. You know what? It's not about how smart you are. It's not about what you can figure out. It's about putting your trust 100% in God and knowing that God cares about you, knowing that God will get you through every situation every day. And it's, you know, every day, put your trust in God. But I'm here to tell you, the devil is the devil. He'll try to get you off your game. He'll try to get you not to put your trust in God because he doesn't want you to do that. 
Now, um, Proverbs, and, and this was going to be a short message, but now it's five minutes chill, and I'm, I'm still... So Proverbs, um, chapter 37, um, verse number 23. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna, I want to go back to verse number 3. Verse number 3. Um, I... I, I um, so, sorry, Psalms 37, Psalms 37, verse 3. Psalms 37, verse 3. I told them verse 23, but it says this. Trust in the Lord. Once again, trust in the Lord. And do good, then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. You know what? If you put your trust in God, he's going to give you desires of your heart. That's what the Bible says. You know, my grandfather always says that God says it. I believe and that settles it. But you know what? You have to really believe it. You know what? God is going to give me the desires of my heart because he's such a good God. But I just got to trust him. It's going to all work out. You know what? There's never a situation in life that won't work out if you put your trust in God. I'm here to tell you, I don't care how tough it is. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what the economy is. I don't care, care that you can't even afford gas in your own car doesn't matter. God will take care of you if you put your trust in him. But he's going to be the one to direct your path. You don't try to have to figure it out. You don't have to lean to your own understanding. Some people say, I don't understand how it's going to work. Well, just quit trying to understand. Quit trying to make it work and let God direct your path. Say, God, you know what? I don't know what to do, but you know what to do. You have this planned out for me. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going, you're going to lead me. You're going to guide me. And it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. So going to verse 23, which I wanted to read. Verse 23 um, says this. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their life. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. You know what? There's going to be some times that you maybe stumble a couple of times. But I want here to tell you, if you'll put your trust in God, you're not going to fall. It's not going to be over. Don't throw the towel in. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. My last scripture, and I'm sorry, I, you know, I'm going through the last few scriptures real fast because it took too much time in the first scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For all those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. You know what? We need to be led by the, God, by the Spirit of God. What does that mean? We need to follow after his plan and his purpose for our life. It doesn't say to be led by prophecy. All right, people put too much into prophecy. All right, now I'm not saying that prophecy doesn't happen. I'm not saying prophecy is not, you know, some people don't have good prophecies, but I've seen a lot of prophecies that I'm wondering what well, they do have too much pizza last night because, um, you know, ultimately, and here's the thing. You know what? Even if someone does prophesy something, it doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. Doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. You know, a lot of people think, well, well, yeah, brother so-and-so prophesied this, so, so tomorrow everything's going to happen. No. Um, you know, actually, Brother Hagen has a 1963 prophecy that it seems that it's coming to pass today. I mean, you know, how many years later? What, 50 years later? Um, is that is not my math correct? I don't know. Maybe it's 40 years. I don't know. Um, yeah, you know, I guess it's 40 years. Um, it is 40 years. But it, it doesn't matter. Um, our, our trust should be in him. Now, here's the thing. Don't veto the spirit of God. 
What do you mean? You know how many times that, that God leads us and guides us and we know what we should do, but we decide to override that. We override that. Now here's something else too. You know, you know I always say, man, we live in a, in a world that there's dangerous things happen. You know what? I want to make sure I'm not at the wrong place at the right time. <laughs> All right? And the, God will lead you. And, and guys, I'll give you an example. 9-11. Everyone remembers 9-11. I know someone who was on their way to work at the World Trade Center. And they, it came up in their spirit. Stop for coffee. Stop for breakfast. Make a stop on your way there. And this person said, but I'm going to be late. But I'm going to be late. But I'm going to be late. But you know what? He stopped. Guess what? He was late. Guess what? On the way there, he watched his, his tower come down, the one he was headed to, that he would have been in if he wouldn't have stopped. Thank God he stopped. Yeah, but his mind said, I'm going to be late. I'm going to get in trouble. Don't lean to your own understanding. You know what? I thank God that he didn't veto that thought. Now, there's been times that we vetoed thoughts and we didn't end up dead. But I mean, you know, but also too, you know, it's not just things in life about us. Sometimes the Lord wants us to minister to somebody else. And, you know, sometimes we're just too busy, you know, or we miss it. I, I know the other day, I'm not, not trying to say anything bad about my wife, but the, the other day my, my wife um, called me on the phone and said, Craig, man, I, um, she was at a gas station. There was a guy that was asking for money or whatever. You know, a lot of times the panhandlers were like, you know, we, we, and then all of a sudden on the inside, she felt that she should give him $20, but didn't do it. And then she walked in the store and she's like, I mean, she kept, I should, you could give him $20. Get, you know, sometimes we don't know if these people are, are real or not. So she came out of the store. It was a convenience store. Couldn't find the guy anywhere. And she, you know, she, she called me, she was upset because she knew she should have given $20, but her own mind says, but what if, what if they're just a panhandler? What do they really need it? You know, it's just interesting. Like, like the other day, um, I, um, was going to leave a tip for an individual and, um, I don't know. I knew that I had a hundred dollars of hide money in my wallet. Cause I, I, I always have hide money in my wallet. And if I run out, you know, if someone wants to bless me, I'll put it in my wallet and then I'll have hide money. Um, you know, if someone gives me what I call a, a Pentecostal handshake, you ever got one of those? So I, I put it in a special place in my wallet, I call it my hide money. And I always know there's hide money there because it's always there, all right? And whenever I use it, I, I replace it or God replaces it. You know, the other day I gave, I gave away $200 and I got, I got a handshake that day. You know, I had $200 of hide money and I'm on the... On that day, I got a handshake and God replaced half my, half my hide money. Anyway, I had a hundred dollar bill in there. And I used to always have a hundred dollar bill in there. Um, and um, on the inside, I knew I needed to give that guy the hundred dollar bill. But I didn't want to because it's a hundred dollars. And I was thinking of other things I could buy with the hundred dollar bill. But I knew I should give it to this guy. But I didn't want to. And I had a, I had a fight with my own self. You know what? When I gave him that hundred dollars, I don't know. I just, it just, it was a release. I mean, you know, I had the wherewithal to do it. You know, I, I depleted my hide money, but you know, I mean, it, it, it just blessed that person. 
you know, um, you know, there are times that we need to be a blessing. There's times that I just felt, I don't, I don't know these people. I'm like, I just want to buy that person's meal. Who, I mean, why? I, I don't know. I just, I just felt that way. You know, or there's times that maybe I need to say something to that person. You know, but I'm busy. Hey, you know what? We're never too busy to be a blessing to somebody. You know, when it comes to following after God's plan, when it comes to, 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 you know, our steps are ordered of God, you know, sometimes our steps are ordered of God to be a blessing to somebody. You know, you know, sometimes it's, you know, maybe these people think Christians are crazy. A lot of people think Christians are crazy. I get a lot of hate mail sometimes. Now hate emails from, but the other day I got hate mail in my own house. And that was pretty, pretty weight. I'm like, they probably Googled it and figured out where I live. So anyway, um, it's okay. I can take it. You know, even if I was a millionaire, I'd probably have hate mail too. So it doesn't matter. Then my choice in life changed. Um, um, you know, people, people are hateful. Um, you know, they're, they're just mean, but that's okay. You know, um, but man, when you know that you should be a blessing, just be a blessing. You're like, yeah, but I needed that money. But you know what? God, God will provide. My God shall supply all my needs according to riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I've gone five minutes over time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We praise you. We magnify your name. Father God, we thank you that help us to be doer, a doer of the word. Help us to know that every time we can 100% put our trust in you and you will cause everything to be okay. You will lead us. You will guide us. You will direct our path. And we thank you that, that you, you have our back, that, that, that you have everything planned out, that we will make it, that we will get through it every single time. Father God, we just thank you right now that you're leading and guiding every one of us. And Father, we thank you that you're bringing people across our paths that we'll be a blessing to. My grandfather always said that every day that he, he prayed, God, make me a blessing. So, so God, make us a blessing to this lost and dying and hurting world. Bring people across our path. Don't let us miss our blessing to, to these people. Father, we just thank you for everything you're doing in our midst. And we thank you and we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God's a good God. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, the, the way we do things on Wednesday night, if you need prayer for anything, whether it's salvation, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, um, prayer for healing, or whatever it might be, we have some ladies over here, some gentlemen over here. Now, we all always direct you, if you're a lady, go see the ladies. If you're a gentleman, go see the gentleman, okay? So don't do the opposite because sometimes people want to do that. All right, let's all stand up. I know we had one first-time visitor. If you're a first-time visitor, first of all, we're glad to have you. We have their connection team in the aisle. They want to take you back really quickly and give you a special gift that we have for you. And we want to invite you back. Now, you know, this weekend's Mother's Day. So I want to, first of all, make sure you come to church. Secondly, I mean, if your mom's here, invite your mom to church. All right, if she's not here, I want to encourage everybody to call your mom. Don't text her, call her, okay? Call her. Call her, on, especially all you Generation X, I mean, Generation Zs and, you know, Millennials or whatever. I know you like to text, but call your mom. Your mom deserves a call. You know what? If she did nothing else right, she brought you into the world. All right, I mean, you know, and, you know, she, she put up with you, all right? But um, Mother's Day, I, I, I have the distinct pleasure, pleasure 
I'm preaching Mother's Day sermon this, this year here at Randolph Church. We're kind of a traditional church. We, I, I believe in, in doing a Mother's Day sermon, a Father's Day sermon. So I'm working on my Mother's Day sermon. I'm not sure what it's going to be like, but it's going to be about mom. All right. All right. God bless you. Take care. Have a great day. And we'll see you back here Sunday morning at 10 a.m.